And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and thank you to everyone who is tuning in live right now on the Twitch stream. If you want to follow us on Twitch, get the notifications every time we're up live after a Raptors game. You can find us on Twitch at On Blast Podcast. You can also find us and stream the show live on Twitter by following me at Shell Alexander or on YouTube, Sheldon Alexander. You can find the podcast there streaming live after each and every Toronto Raptors game. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps post game show. And if you ever happen to miss a show, don't worry because we got you covered on iTunes or Apple, Apple Podcasts as they call it now, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and of course on YouTube. So again, like and subscribe and tell your friends because this is your show, Raptors fans. The only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show there is. And you know what? We made this show. And I say we because this it's a collabo between us, the fans of this team. We made this show for games like this. Where Toronto Raptors just come out gunning. Toronto Raptors just come out firing. And everything just looks so easy peasy against the lowly Washington Wizards. And I'm going to be very honest because the Wizards are trash. And I was wrong. I thought the Wizards would be a decent team at the start of the year. I can admit when I am wrong. And I was way wrong about the Wizards. And they are not a good team at all. As they, you know, the Raptors take care of business in this one. 137 to 115. The Raptors have now won eight straight games in a row against the Washington Wizards. They continued this very, very tough road trip, and the Raptors currently sit 4-1 and one on the road trip. And if you think about it, their only loss was on the second night of a back-to-back, the tough game in Atlanta on that second night of a back-to-back, because you're flying from New York to Atlanta to play said back-to-back. That's the only loss the Raptors have on this trip. Overall, they've lost five of six games and now sit at a record of 12 and 13. Again, the Raptors sit at a record of 12 and 13. And this, if you remember, Raptors fans, was a season that started 2 and 8. <laughs> so if you go from 2 and 8 to now you're 12 and 13, that's exactly where you want to be. Because as we said from the get go, they're not as bad as that start. And they just need to get back to 500 to make things, you know, you're in that playoff picture if you're around 500. So worry about that first, get to 500, then get above 500. Then you can start talking about playoff standings and seedings and where you are in the conference and all that fun stuff. But hey, you go into Boston tomorrow night, which is going to be a very tough game, but you have a chance to get to 500. And I think that's really important if you are a Toronto Raptors fan or supporter. But this game, 135 to 115 for the Raps over the Wiz. Seven players in double figures as the Raptors make 19 threes and shoot 59% from three point land. So you got to give credit to the Raps for their shooting numbers, but also the Wizards. <laughs> I mean, they play zero defense. Raptors getting great scoring nights from Norman Powell, Pascal Siakam. They both led the way. Norm with 28 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. Pascal with 26 points. And a great, great game from both of those guys. And you look at the Raptors' box score. And I mentioned 7 players in double figures. You still got 4 of your 5 starters there as well. 
as Freddie even had 14, Kyle at 21. Kyle had the easiest 21. Like, he looked in chill mode. He was just pacing himself throughout that whole game, hitting a big three when he needed to. He was going for the kill shot threes at the end. A nice, common, cool night from Kyle Lowry. But check out the numbers here from three. As mentioned, 59% from three. Raptors were 19 of 32. Let's go through this here. Pascal Siakam, three of four from three. Kyle Lowry, five of eight from three. Norman Powell, three of four from three. Freddie. 205 from three. You go to your bench. Bembry, who, if you follow the pod or you follow me on Twitter, you know I've been screaming more Bembry minutes is a good thing, even when OG comes back. But Bembry, two of two from three in this game. He was four of five overall. He had 10 points off the bench. And then your man's Chris Boucher is back playing legit, legit minutes again. 17 and 15 for Chris Boucher. Also give him two blocks just because. He's built that work on defense. That one block he had late in the fourth quarter where he basically volleyball spiked it into the ground. Incredible play from Boucher. It's great to see him playing well yet again. And of course, that begs a question. Well, what do you do when OG comes back? And I don't think he's going to be back tomorrow in Boston, but it's it's coming up soon. It's decision time. And the weird thing about this game was the Raptors were playing against the aforementioned Wizards, to which my first reaction was, hold up, Alex Len starts for the Washington Wizards? Like, I knew things were bad for the Wiz. I didn't realize it was that bad. And they're missing Thomas Bryant, who suffered a, a horrific injury, and he's out for a while. So I get it. They're, they're thin up front. So Alex Len goes from getting cut from the Raptors to starting on the Wiz. And I mean, at least early, my guy looked like he was out for a revenge tour, right? He was putting in work. That Baines versus Len matchup <laughs> was everything it was chalked up to be and more. And I'm only half joking because those guys were going at each other early. But Alex Len being gone, Baines continuing to, you know, not really be that good for the Raps. You know, he was okay in this game. But overall, he's not your starting center. So what do you do going forward when OG comes back? That to me is a big question because again, Norman Powell continues to ball out and what Norm has done getting 20 points or more in eight of his last nine games. And a lot of those games have happened with OG out of the lineup. So Norm's gotten it going. The thing you've been waiting for since the start of the year. So what do you do now? I want to know from you guys. I want to know from the fans. And I just realized that I didn't even hit record on the instagram feed sorry to my instagram peeps are probably waiting and wondering what's been going on i'm sorry instagram my bad i'll apologize to them once they start filtering in but what do you do with norm i'm gonna ask everyone in the chat that question whether you're on twitter or youtube or instagram let me know what you think what should the raptors really do when pascal or sorry when og ananobi comes back should norman powell head to the bench should Norman Powell stay in the starting lineup? Big decisions for Nick Nurse. And I honestly think you should, like I understand there will be matchups where, you know, you're going against Embiid. You probably need to start a center there. But a lot of other games, I don't know if you need to start a center. And you might be better off going small because that is your best lineup. And if with Norm, you find out or you, you come to realize that you think this might be a uh, 
a mental thing with him in terms of he just plays better mentally when he's starting and and for whatever reason that's how he plays well and helps your team then you got to consider starting him you got to consider just going small playing pascal at the five og at the four and then norm kyle and fred now your bench is really thin but hey that's your bench right now so it's a very tough thing to, to try to figure out and tough thing to navigate if you're Nick Nurse as well. And I don't really know the answer. It's a tough one because I get it. There's going to be tough matchups where you need a big guy and there's going to be others where you don't. But you also don't want, like, do you want to be in a position where even if you're playing Miami, now you're forcing Pascal to have to play against Bam and then play defense or sorry, and then play offense and get you 20 points. That's where things become really tough. So again, if you're on Instagram, again, Instagram people, sorry, I know I'm late with the feed, but if you want, go to YouTube or Facebook or Twitter and you get the full feed of the podcast. I'll put the link in the bio on uh, for all you guys that are on Instagram, but send me your comments and questions because I really want to know what people think should the move be to get OG Ananobi, put him in the starting lineup with Norman Powell and just go small. And Nick Nurse... The, the key here for the Raptors, I think, is the fact that Nick Nurse has proven, one of the things he's proven a lot is the fact that he can make adjustments on the fly. So maybe he doesn't have to make an actual call in terms of this is my starting lineup, and he'll just make the starting lineup to depend upon who the Raptors are playing against. If you go back to the very beginning of season one of Nick Nurse's tenure as Raptors coach, that's exactly what he did with JV and Serge. He played the matchups. He looked at who the other team was, and he adjusted accordingly in terms of who would start between JV and Serge. And if you remember, things went pretty well for the Raptors when he did that. So you got to give him a lot of credit in that sense and trust in the fact that he'll figure it out again. So huge shouts to the Raptors again as they win this game. Massive, 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 massive win. 137 to 115 again Raptors improved to 12 and 13 as they try to get back to 500 tomorrow night against the Boston Celtics but if we go through this game very quickly here I think Norm is really doing it as he lights things up as always in the first quarter he's gotten things going the Raptors finished with 40 points in that first quarter and from that point I thought it was jam done <laughs> to be honest right from the get-go Norm had nine points early in this game and Nine points and three assists in that first quarter. And here's a very interesting stat. Norman Powell is third in the entire NBA in first quarter scoring since January 25th, which is basically around the time where he entered the starting lineup. But again, Norman Powell, third in the NBA in first quarter scoring with 9.3 points per game. Now that stat alone sounds pretty cool. But when you add in the fact that He's only behind Joel Embiid, who's an MVP candidate, and Steph Curry, who's Steph Curry. And then Norm, after Norm, again, he goes Embiid, Curry, then Norm. Following Norm, it's a guy named LeBron James, and then Dame Lillard. That's a pretty interesting list for Norman Powell to be on. And if that's what's been really cooking, I don't know how you put that guy back on the bench when OG comes back. That, to me, is the biggest question going forward. I would keep Norm in the starting lineup and I would just play my best players and say, hey, I'm rolling out here with Siakam at the five. 
OG at the four, Norm, Fred, and Kyle, and then I'll play my bench how I'll play my bench, but this is my starting lineup because we know that's going to be the closing lineup most of the time, right? You would assume because Norm's scoring, he's showing you that he can get buckets and he probably, you know, it's tough because a lot of it's going to also depend on how OG reacts to playing at the four because OG was playing pretty well at the three when he went down with injury. So it's going to be a wait and see approach. I'm super interested to see how that plays out for sure. Again, Norm in that first quarter leading the way for the Raptors as the Raptors scored 40 points, which was the most points they've had in a first quarter this season and shot about 68% from the floor. That's insane. Absolutely insane. Second quarter, I'd say belonged to Siakam. He had 10 points in that second quarter. Raptors closed out the second queue on an 11-4 run to lead by 13 at the half, 74-61. to Again, Raptors led 74-61 to at the half, which was the 74 points, the most points the Raptors have scored this season in a half or in the first half anyways, and just an, another incredible just scoring effort. 71 points in the first half, that's just work. How do you stop that? It's definitely not going to happen with the Washington Wizards in their defense, that's for sure. In the third quarter, Washington showed some signs of life, but not really. I mean, they made it kind of close. They made a couple runs. Beal was getting multiple and ones in a row, but not Nothing really scary from the Raptors' point of view. I think they did a really good job of holding off the push. And Chris Boucher, as mentioned, he had a great game. He had a massive dunk in this game, which made me think the Chris Boucher edition of court cuts might be pretty interesting. Like, I, I, I'd i be interested to see what the Chris Boucher court cuts was or would look like this season because I feel like it would be pretty good. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like Boucher has at least, like, four or five really, really nice dunks alone. And we know what he also does on the defensive end, right? Um, shouts to my guy, LT, Lawrence Thomas, who writes in and says, court cuts simply existing would be pretty dope. Touche, my dude. <laughs> Touche. I'll just say that and continue to move on. But let's get to some more comments here because this is your show, Raptors fans. We do this live for you after each and every Toronto Raptors game, streaming live on Twitter, on Twitch, on Instagram, and on YouTube. Like and subscribe, tell your friends, this is where you find us after the game, and if we're not up after the game, then we're up in the morning, and you can always find us streaming, or sorry, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and of course on YouTube. Once again, like and subscribe tell your friends let's get to some more comments though here and let's see here someone on twitter says bembry's getting better every day he needs more minutes even when og gets back i've been talking about that for a while and i i agree totally with this comment because he is just he seems to be like the perfect kind of glue guy if that makes sense he doesn't need the ball to really be a factor he can cut to the basket. He can do stuff like that. But also when he does get the ball, he always seems to make the right play. Whether he's driving and he's under control. That's another big part too. That's key. But whether he's driving to the basket, he seems to make the right pass, finding the trailer to get someone an easy dunk. If he's on the perimeter, he always seems to make the right swing pass. If he's wide open, he can knock down the three. 
and he plays really good defense. And what Nick Nurse has been doing lately, kind of the same thing he was doing with Stanley Johnson early on, in which he would take the bigger guy and put them on the fast point guard, the fast and smaller point guard. And when you're putting size on smaller point guards, it makes their job very difficult. Think about it on the flip side when the the Raps are playing the Celtics. I'm sure we're going to see it tomorrow night where you might see Jalen Brown guarding one of, if he's not guarding Siakam, right, then he's going to be guarding one of Kyle Lowry or Fred Van Fleet. And if Jalen Brown's guarding Siakam, then you're talking about Tatum doing that. But either way, you see teams do that to the Raptors. And so for the Raptors to have guys that they can do that with on the defensive end is huge. And that's just part of what Bembry provides. But I think he also provides a really good example to some dudes who aren't getting minutes. Most notably, Terrence Davis. Most notably, Matt Thomas. What Bembry does is he's showing you how you get minutes. And how you get minutes on this Toronto Raptors team is you play defense. And once you do that, and then you make the correct plays on offense, the simple plays on offense, Nick Nurse trusts you more. And then you'll get more and more minutes. So I hope, I really do hope that when uh, OG comes back, that we still find time to have Bembry in the lineup. Because I think he provides a lot of what winning teams need just he seems like a grown-up like he's always under control he's never out of control he plays as Ann pops up on instagram and says bembry plays with poise and confidence he never looks shook totally agree with that totally totally agree with that uh another comment here says why do you think thomas doesn't get enough chances like davis i think maybe davis shows a little more defense like, we know that Matt Thomas' strength isn't playing defense, and I think that's kind of why he's not in the lineup. And so maybe Nick Nurse feels like he just gets more from Terrence Davis, getting in passing lanes, getting steals. But you're right, Terrence Davis has been getting a lot of chances and not really doing much with it at all. So I wouldn't be surprised if it switches back and you start to see Matt Thomas get more minutes. But let's be honest, their minutes are being taken up by Bembry, Wantanabe, and also by Stanley Johnson. Because the Raptors perimeter and how they're playing it, that's where those guys would play. And so if those guys aren't playing, then those minutes are going to go to the guys we're seeing. Bembry, Stanley Johnson, Watanabe, who was out tonight. But you get the point, right? Those are the guys getting minutes because those are the guys that Nick Nurse can trust because to play defense. I use the example of Patrick McCaw. Everyone was always wondering, what's Nick Nurse's obsession with Patrick McCaw? It's that he knows he's going to bust his ass on defense. That's it. Plain and simple. That's how you're going to play on the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Dio's mom says, Bembry out playing TD and bringing it every night. Totally true. I totally agree with that. Another comment. Shocked at how bad Westbrook was. Sad to see two superstars just not playing well on a mediocre team. So, yeah, let's get into this. I'm a huge Russell Westbrook fan right? Full disclosure, I'm, I think I'm wearing a Jordan brand. Yeah, this is a Russell Westbrook Jordan brand collection hoodie. Like I love Russ. I'm a Russell Westbrook stan. I think Russ is, you know, one of the most scrutinized superstars in the NBA and I get it. So to watch him like this is rough. And it reminds me kind of of watching Iverson at the end as well, because these guys who are super athletic and that's what they rely on, when their athleticism goes, 
it's tough to watch. And for Russell Westbrook right now, he's just not the same player, right? Like his thing was energy, energy, energy. And he was just speeding up and down the court, like the energizer bunny. He was dunking in the lane. He was getting offensive rebounds and you're not really seeing much of that. And all that's left that you're seeing now is poor shot selection from Russ. And that was always a part of his game, the poor shot selection. But when you mix that in with like the crazy rebound or, you know, him running full court and and a dope pass or whatever, you mix all those, those things in, you can live with the odd bad shot. But when you're not doing all those things, it looks a lot like it looked tonight. And it's a bad, bad look for Russell Westbrook. And this team, the Washington Wizards, this is why they're that bad. They traded away John Wall thinking that they were getting Russell Westbrook looking like the Russell Westbrook we're used to. And you look at the stats where it says 23 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. And if you didn't watch the game, you might think, oh, that's not a bad night. But then you look deeper and it's 9 of 19 from the floor. 19 shots to get 23 points is not a good look, right? Also, 3 of 7 from 3. I don't think Russ should be attempting 7 threes. He was never a good three-point shooter. And so three of seven is probably a, one of the better nights for Russ from three. But it just doesn't look good. He's not the same player that he was. And without the athleticism, it looks really rough. And it's sad to see for me because I am a Russ fan for sure. Uh, let me see what else is going on here in the chat on Instagram, what people are saying. And of course, again, we got people on Twitch. Shouts to people on the Twitch stream. My guy Vic says, let's go, Shelly. Yes, we're up on Twitch as well. Brand new doing that as as well. Maybe I'll tweet that out and be like, hey, come join us on Twitch. But, uh, you know, just giving people different ways that they can listen to the pod, you know? So here's the thing. This Toronto Raptors team is starting to win games now. And I wonder how confident or have your expectations changed, Raptors fans, in terms of where you think the Raptors can finish now as opposed to where they started the season. That's what I want to know. I wonder if people really overreacted to the start of the season and what they're thinking now. Because for me, if I'm being honest, I stated from the get-go, I thought the Raptors would be in a dogfight and avoiding or finishing six or above would be really tough for them to do, but, but, that would be a really successful season for the Raptors. And now here we are in a position where they're back in that in that mix, in that playoff race, in that, you know, in that spot where you want to avoid the play-in tournament. And I know it sounds weird, but it's time where we start paying attention to that stuff because, remember, it's only a 72-game season. And the Raptors currently, as of this moment, meaning games could still be finishing for the night. So as of this moment, the Raptors are currently in sixth place, tied with the Charlotte Hornets at 12 and 13. But here's the key. You're tied for six, but you play Boston tomorrow. Boston is only at 12 and 11. So you're one game behind Boston, right? like percentage points would have Boston still ahead or actually no, you'd be tied, but Boston obviously would have played less games. So here's the thing. Just keep winning. That's it. Just keep winning and the rest will take care of itself. And I think if you're the Raptors, that's what you got to focus on. That's got to be the key. 
get to 500 and then worry about that afterwards worry about everything else afterwards and you hope that og comes back healthy and that's good and if your team can stay healthy for a bit then you can get into other things like oh when do the raptors add as someone puts in and says we need a good center <laughs> bane's gotta go the Baines, I know, Baines, Baines is not a real fan favorite. I, I get that. Baines is struggling. But at the end of the day, that's what you got to deal with right now. So we'll see. I switch over to uh, YouTube and get some comments there. Shouts to the YouTube peeps. Uh, Gloria, who I'm pretty sure is homegirl, glow girl, smile. What's going on? Nice win. We have been doing well on the road. Yeah, Raps have been doing really well on the road because every game is a road game. <laughs> right think about that think about how crazy that is every game is a road game for the toronto raptors i just asked about the uh expectations and Anne says eastern conference finals seem doesn't seem so far fetched now i mean i'm not willing to go that far but i appreciate the optimism now building within the fan base because i love it when the fan base is all fired up and and hyped up and you know, ready to try to make a push. I think this is going to be a battle for the Raps no matter what, and it's just happy to see them playing really well as of late. K2's Garnett says, this felt this felt light, <laughs> like like work, like when they were never really worried and so they didn't put in much defensive energy. I totally agree. There is no point in this game where I was worried and thinking that the Raptors were going to lose. Not at all. Um... Glow Girl Smile also says, how come you're not on IG? I honestly, if you go back and listen to the start of this podcast, there's a moment where I realized that I never hit the button to start the IG feed, and that's all that happened there. <laughs> it happens sometimes. I'm running a one-man operation. Sometimes things happen. I apologize. But we're here. We're talking. We're talking raps. We're talking Raptors victory, 137 to 115. Raptors are on a roll. That's just great news, isn't it? I'll go through some more comments here. I'll try to mix in some comments from some other folks as well. As I see, there's a great conversation going on in the YouTube stream. Um, KL says, Powell must start. Uh, put Bar uh, Baines on the bench and play small ball. Totally agree with that. Uh, Gloria also says, yeah, I think Powell in the in starting lineup. The bench has been decent with Bembry, Watanabe, Boucher, and Stagger the starters. I totally agree. Uh, Fly Miss says, I think that's better. Play the matchups. You can't bench Norm. It fucks with the chemistry. And that's the thing. We know Norm throughout his career. If we've watched the Raptors, we know that Norm has been inconsistent throughout his entire career. We know that, right? So now if you put Norman Powell in a position where he's finally playing well starting and he's strung together a bunch of games in a row, what did I say? Seven out of Seven out of his last eight games, he's been over 20 points. Is that what I said? Go back to double check. Nine or eight out of his last nine games, pardon me, Norm has been over 20 points. So if now at this point is when you're going to move him back to the bench, you're risking it. You're risking messing with the man's mojo. And I don't know if you want to do that at this point. Uh, more comments, though. I got a question here. Sheldon, what do you think about the rumor of Lowry selling his Toronto home. To be really honest, I don't think that's a big deal at all. Think about it. My guy's living in Tampa. And who knows when they're coming back to Toronto or if they're going to come back to Toronto at all this season. 
it doesn't appear that way. Like that's not doesn't even appear to be in the talks so far. So if they're in Tampa for the whole season and he's a free agent at the end of the year, there is a possibility that he might be like he might not move back into that house. And also, if you consider from just a real estate perspective, now would be the time that you would put your house on the market. No, I don't know. It, it just seems it just seems to make too much sense. I, I don't read into it what some people are in terms of, oh, well, this definitely means he, he's getting traded or he doesn't want to come back or that he wants to get traded. I don't read that into it. I just think, you know, he's if he's not in the house and the family's not living in the house and who knows what's going to happen in what, five months? Who knows where he's going to be? If the possibility's there and the market is right, why not? So I don't know what to, I don't know what to read into that, but hey, there's going to be so many rumors floating around involving Kyle Lowry and involving just a lot of people in the NBA in general coming up because the the reality is if you think about it, right? The Raptors don't leak things. So there were rumors about, you know, people trying to link Kyle Lowry to Miami and Miami's interested. There's another rumor that said something to the effect of someone in the Raptors front office. And it's like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We know that's not true. If you watch the NBA draft, you know, that's not true. The NBA draft, Woj or Shams is tweeting out every team's pick before it happens on TV, except for the Toronto Raptors. So there's no leaks in that front office. So if there are any rumors about Kyle Lowry, I would hesitate to believe them because we know the Raptors don't leak things. That's just me. That's just my opinion. I don't know that to not be true. Like I don't have a source telling me that Kyle Lowry's on the trading block or he's not, but that's just how I read some of these rumors. Whenever that talk flies across the internet or you see the Instagram post with the image saying, Kyle Lowry rumor or whatever. Here's what I urge everybody to do. And I really hope that everybody does this. And I know some people don't because it's, it's a juicy rumor for certain sites to put up because it's going to get interaction or engagement. Pardon me with people liking and commenting on a post that says Miami interested in Kyle Lowry, but just look at the source of where it's coming from. And I don't mean the source of who posted it, right? I mean the source of who they're crediting with the rumor. Does that make sense? Because there's going to be a site that posts it saying, hey, Kyle Lowry rumor or whatever, right? And that site is posting it, but they're aggregating that content from somewhere else. And they'll normally put it in small print, either at the bottom or at the top. It'll say via blah, blah, blah. Pay attention to the small print then that'll tell you how real it is. Uh, more comments though. There's so much in the YouTube feed, so I'm going to go a little longer here and just read some of these comments here on YouTube. Of course, uh, let's see what else do we got here. Please explain why Boucher doesn't start. I honestly think, Hunter asked that question. Please explain why Boucher doesn't start. I think that Boucher doesn't start because Nick Nurse wants to keep my guy hungry. He wants to bring him along slowly. And I think you keep him hungry by always keeping him motivated and knowing that there's another goal going forward. You don't want to just give him, like, think about it. A lot of people were calling for Chris Boucher minutes last season. And 
he didn't really get that many minutes. And even if you go to the playoffs, he didn't play at all. And some people were like, hey, why not give him a chance? He's an energy guy. He can get you some easy baskets, this, that, and the third. But the Raptors are about development. And part of that development is bringing guys along slowly, not rushing to get them in, not to rushing their development and, and you know, giving them too much to handle at a time. Right now for Chris Boucher, as he's still in the simmer stage of his career, I think it's very key to bring him along slowly, let him get used to what his role is right now, which is bring energy off the bench, night in, night out, get on the offensive glass, set good screens, be able to run the pick and roll. All of those things he needs to be able to do consistently first coming off the bench as a contributor. And then, and then if you see that for a long stretch and depending on what happens to the rest of the team and the rest of the roster going forward, then you think about starting him. But I don't think you do that now because I don't think there's a need to. I don't think you have to. No rush there at all. Uh, Reed says, Raptors did what they needed to do. Only sorry that Watanabe was on the injury list. It's true. I agree with that. I think that my guy was playing so well in terms of just giving solid defense and starting to gain more and more confidence with his shot. So that was tough to see him not be able to play as he started to play so well. Uh, more comments. Hey, you haven't been here. Oh, nope, that's not. I will skip over that comment as I started reading it. <laughs> hey, that happens sometimes. It does. It does. Uh, another question. Who do you think is a better ball handler, McCaw or Davis? Uh, probably Davis. Probably Davis, I would say. Uh, Tammy says, I agree. I agree, Sheldon. I was hoping for a top four spot, thought probably top six. So the Raptors, hey, anything is possible at this point, and it'll take a while. It won't be until it's weird because the time of year is so different than where we would be in a normal season. So normally this part of the year would be when the big boys, the big boy teams really start to round in the form and start playing a lot better heading into the playoffs. But because this season started so late, it's February, but really it's only like November, December. So you got a bunch of teams that are, it's everything's still really tight right now. Like in terms of the standings, all these teams in the standings are so close together. So you still got to play it cautiously and just worry about winning games and not really pay attention to where you are in the standings yet. Yet. Coach Flores says, uh, but like you said, He's becoming, it's becoming Fred's team and we need a big, Kyle is an asset, it makes sense to me, that's not to say I buy it, I'm just saying we need a viable five, just saying. I agree, I think that if the Raptors do have aspirations of at least winning a round and hey, giving them a shot at winning two rounds in the playoffs, you do need to add a five. Which leads us to another comment here. KL says, get Drummond so you can wave Baines free. <laughs> Drummond, I wonder what Drummond, what's the cost would be for Drummond. That'd be interesting. I don't know how he fits on the team. He is a legit big guy. It would solve that problem. I'd be interested at how he fits in with the rest of the team. Because I really don't know. I, I can't really say I've been the biggest fan of Andre Drummond. But hey, at this point, he's definitely an upgrade over Baines. So... Can't really knock that at all. Uh, Fly Miss says, I actually wanted Whiteside, and I'm very surprised nobody really wanted him in free agency. 
Uh, I would have to disagree. I did not want Whiteside, and I'm kind of happy that we didn't get Whiteside. Whiteside is... <laughs> I don't know how much Whiteside plays winning basketball, if that makes sense. He succeeded. The most he succeeded in his career was in that Miami culture, and he still couldn't really figure it out there. So I don't know about Whiteside at all, but that's just me. Uh, Aram, I hope I pronounced your name right. I apologize if I don't, but he says, you can't start Boucher against bigs who are seven foot and 270 pounds like Embiid. That part's totally true. So I'm interested to see what the Raps do going forward, but you got time to work all that out because the first part of digging yourself out of this really tough season is now over, right? The first part, the most difficult part, was figuring out how you were going to climb out of a two and eight hole to start the season. And the Raptors have done that. And I think that part is super important. And so now as they continue their climb to try to get back to 500, you're one game, one game below 500. And I think if you're the Toronto Raptors, that's a great place to be because that two and eight start just seems like a faint memory. Now that you sit 12 and 13 with a chance to get to 500 in a tough one, the second night of a back-to-back -back in Boston. But hey, at least the Raptors are playing a whole lot better. Do you wish you have OG? Is there a chance OG plays? You can hope. We can hope. But we're not quite sure just yet. But either way, the Toronto Raptors come out of this game as winners. And... I was going to read post-game comments, but nothing crazy coming out of this game because, honestly, I think there might be some stuff on Beal, so we'll read up on that and check back later on for sure. But as of now, the Toronto Raptors are winners, 137 to 115. 137, that's what they put up. They scored the most points they've scored this season in the first quarter with 40. They scored the most points they've scored in a half with 74. <laughs> on their way to, listen to this, seven players in double figures 19 three-pointers and the raptors shoot 59 percent from three improved to a four and one on the road trip winners of five of their last six overall your toronto raptors are almost 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 at 500 after this 137 115 victory Norman Powell continues to lead the way with 28 points. Pascal Siakam following him up with 26 points. And the Raptors continue to be red hot. Hopefully, they can continue this hot play in Boston. And we will be back right here, streaming live, wherever you're watching this podcast, on Twitch. Follow the Twitch stream. Like and subscribe. Share that to your friends. Tell them about the On Blast podcast. Follow us on Twitch again at On Blast Podcast. You can also watch us live on Twitter at Shell Alexander or on YouTube at Sheldon Alexander. That's where you get the live streams. If you ever check in maybe late because you're watching the end of the Leafs game, I see the Leafs one as well. But if you ever tune into the podcast late, don't worry. We got you covered with the full podcast ending up online wherever you get your pods. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and again on YouTube. Thank you to all the people, the new subscribers, to the people on the YouTube feed. Really appreciate all you guys and the new subscribers. And you got to really think about it. When you subscribe on YouTube, you get an alert when I'm up live after the game. That's kind of probably the best way to know what's going on because the schedule is going to be a little weird coming up for me, possibly. Some stuff I got to work out, but for the most part, I'm going to be here talking to you guys. But if you want to know when we're up, 
follow me on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube page. That way, it ensures you get an alert whenever I'm up. Sound good? Well, I can guarantee that I'll be back tomorrow night, Thursday night, as the Raptors head to Boston in their quest to get to 500. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you guys for tuning in because I really did. used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Oh.